This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, all things Cleveland sports, with your host, John Suchan. of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Welcome, everyone. We are part of the new Fanatical Elves Network. So happy to be here. I hope you're having a great Thursday evening, wherever you are listening. Um, welcome again. And we have a special, well, not a special guest. I mean, he is a special guest. Um, a guy that I've known for a while. His name is Steve Gill, and he is as if you're if you're watching this uh, live on YouTube or on Twitter, you can see that he's the author of his own blog at DogPoundSouth.net. Member of the Cleveland Sports Talk, and he's part of our Fanatical Elves network that he and I, my I'm not, your host John Suchan, are both part of, and excited to get this platform. Um, off and running and we've been at it for a couple weeks now and Steve was I think we did a show a week or so ago and we had I think Joel on maybe um, so welcome back Steve how are you doing tonight I'm doing great you Let's are I have to say draft. I know you're <laughs> Steve I gotta say Steve does, he he does some uh, he's involved with taxes on the side so uh, no no that's his, my main business <laughs> that, that's his that's his main business so this is a departure from that. So we're, we're looking forward to talking about the Cleveland Browns, part of the uh, Fanatical Elves Network. We are all about talking Cleveland uh, Browns. And, um, you know, we've added that we've had our show. We've got some other great contributors. Uh, Rod with his, uh, the, the Browns Blitz show, him and his brother, Jeff. Last Thanks, night, Jeff. we, inter- yeah, last night we introduced the new Fanatical Elves show itself. And we had other contributors, uh, Joel Cade, the left guard and Elliot, the village Elliot, um, were part of that. We also have BP Brad, Brad up there and B, uh, and Pepper Pike. So, uh, we're, we are all starting to contribute, um, shows. And I think we're going to get a couple new shows coming up here soon. We also have the draft and that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight on this episode of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Uh, again, you can reach us on Twitter at our new network at the elves network that we actually have two Twitter accounts. Now we have the elves network and the elves network two. So you get the two for the price of one. And uh, we would love for you to follow our, our, our show. We have giveaways. We've given away, let's see a ball cap just the other night. Um, and we gave away, let's see, what else was it? Um, the hoodie, the, 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 the pullover hoodie. And I believe pullover. that our, our, our guy that got that, um, Ken, he got the hoodie today, so he uh, very excited about that. And I talked to, I think our new the our new winner of the ball cap, Joe. Um, we're putting that in the mail for you uh, later today or tomorrow, so you should be getting that very soon. So again, we're giving things away. We we need you to follow our network. Um, we're gaining popularity, and uh, just spread the word, folks. If you want to uh, talk Browns and, and hear some folks who are just like you. We're just talking about Browns and, and, and anticipating lots of things. We're, we're diehards. All right, Steve. So we're going to talk um, the draft. Lots of things coming up. Again, the Browns don't have um, 
a first or second round draft pick. No. I, they, they're pick 74 right now. And I know you wrote for your blog recently. You were talking about all their picks. I think they've got eight right now. They have eight. Okay. What are you thinking on um, initially, like right now, uh, you know, as far as what, like you said in the blog, can you want to talk a little bit about that first? Yeah. Um, I've kind of gotten into the head of Andrew Barry. Um, he is consistent. Uh, he is uh, always looking to add picks, future picks. Yes. Uh, he seldom trades up. Uh, he might do it like he did with Delpit, you know, trade down a little bit. But, you know, trading up, it would have to be somebody really, really uh-huh. that they covet to package picks to get back up to the so second Steve, round. So, who I do just you think don't that see is? it happening. Hmm? I mean, what, who, do, who do you think that would be? Like, is, if you're... A prospect. I mean, what kind of prospect do you think that Andrew Barry would, or Coach Stefanski, or those guys would be looking for that they could potentially do that, which is uncharacteristic of them to do. But well, is there a guy um, out would there have that would have to be? It would have to be like the wide receiver from from Tennessee, uh, who okay. they had in as a visit. That was yes. kind of curious. Um, yeah, if he fell down. You know, late second round, yeah. If you can okay. package some picks, maybe get a pick back for next year, yeah. I I definitely could see him do it. Now I the, really don't see any defensive linemen. This draft is so filled with safeties and running backs. It would have to be somebody at a premier position to do okay. it. Okay. The, the kid from uh, North Carolina, the wide receiver, now I can't I, – and I wrote an article. I wrote a piece about him for Dog Pound Pit Daily recently. Um, last name, it's I'm drawing a blank right now, but he uh, read an article earlier today that he hasn't had many visits, um, really been kind of laying low, and some hmm. Browns writers are suggesting that, you know, he could be there at 74. Um, we'll, say, yeah. well, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, right now, uh, they have eight picks. Uh, like I said on last week's show, they can roll out a 53-man roster right now without any draft picks. Yes. I mean, they've got players, uh, you know, they've got a lot of players. They probably, if I were to put anything, probably five positions that I, I think likely they'll draft. Running back, yeah. tight end, yep. offensive tackle, edge rush, linebacker, and safety. I mean, and if defensive tackle too? Picks, no, hmm? a, a defensive tackle or no? No, no. Okay, no, an edge. Right, an edge. I I have a feeling they're going to sign Al Woods. He visited the Jets, and the Jets signed another defensive tackle. Not oh, who him. did they? Who did they sign today? Uh, Quentin. I, I just saw it before we came on the air. Okay, but so you know, it's kind of unusual for Barry to go after a. a a 12 year veteran is like 31 years old. Yeah. But you know, that just shows the emphasis that he's going to put on the defensive line. Well, and I so, like the idea too, that they picked up like the, the, I've talked about the wide receiver veteran that they brought in with Marquise Goodwin. He's a guy that's been yeah. in the league nine, 10 years. And I love the guy. He's got great character. His backstory is amazing. Um, yeah. Just so had something like six touch, five, six touchdowns last year for Seattle. Yeah, he did. I mean, still got speed. 
So you just don't know. Right. There was a conversation yeah. I heard. Um, I mentioned this on our show the other night with, with Rod and his brother on the Browns Blitz were talking about the wide receiver room and the fact that now there's probably like six guys that are, you know, there solidly, uh, including Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell, this Marquise Goodwin, uh, Elijah Moore. But I guess the, the question they were talking about, and I thought it's an interesting thought as far as going the next year, what's your thought on Donovan Peoples-Jones? I know my, uh, as far as him being re-signed, you know, he's going, I think the well, last year was contract. Usually they do, um, um, they re-sign players in, uh, before training camp. Uh, that's when Miles Garrett re-signed. Yeah, right. You know, that's, uh, they'd like to get through the draft, get through the OTAs and the, all that other stuff. And then okay. they work on uh, re-signing players. So if he's not signed by the time training camp starts, yeah, eh, not so- too good. So if they that's when everybody a, thought they were going to re-sign Baker Mayfield, and they didn't, and that kind of told you what was going on. If if they don't go that, if they draft a, a wide receiver coming up here in the next few weeks, then that's going to put. I mean, replacing Donovan Peoples Jones because he's he's he had a really he made some real progress over the last couple of years, oh, especially yeah. this last year. So I mean, but but the the the, the contentions by when I'm Rod and Jeff were talking were that you could replace Donovan Peoples' production with either a younger player that they that they groom that they draft, right? And thus, not paying the eleven or twelve fifteen million dollar contract per yeah. year for a player like Donovan. So, okay. very true. Yeah. So okay. Very so true. if if you're picking, so I know you've done a little bit of a mock that you're going to be producing for <laughs> Cleveland sports talk, but you're like the last two years, you think about the Browns, you know, pushed back a little ways with their draft picks. They, they picked up the linebacker, Jeremy Owusu Kormoa. Um, then last year they, they dropped back and they picked up uh, Martin Emerson. Mm-hmm. So if you were a betting man today and pick 74 and then they have 98, you're going to, guess what that they take the pick they fall back and then who do you think they take with that it just depends on the availability of of the position player well you know Javon Dexter keeps ringing in my ear Uh, they met with him at the combine he had a visit they were at the Florida Pro Day Mm. he's a defensive tackle uh you know his value. I think. I think. Uh, I saw. Um, what was it? Draft Network. Yeah. I usually use their big board. He was number sixty-six. Okay. So taking him at seventy-four would be good value. So now that's contract. I mean, you. I mean, you do think that they could take a defensive tackle? They could. If it were him. Okay. You know, it, they could. You know. I mean, wasn't it a surprise? Fifty-fifty on the defensive tackle position. I'd put it to you that way. A year ago, when they took Martin Emerson, I think it surprised most of Browns Nation uh, taking another quarterback. You, you're already saying, "Okay, I've already got, you know, Denzel Newsome and, and, and Ward." Newsome and, and yeah, so then it's like, what the heck? <laughs> so, um, well, you can't you can't have enough corners so, and safeties. I tell you, 
So, I mean, if, if the Browns, could the Browns take a cornerback like they did? <laughs> oh, man, it would have to be somebody with like a second round value that fell for some reason. But right. I can't see that happen. I, I really can't. Um, so if it's just with the strategy that, that, uh, Andrew Barry has put out there, you think he would, if that guy's not there, Dexter, then they, or somebody else that he wants, they fall back, let's say, yeah, and they pick up some extra, like they give up 74, um, to fall back into the early hundreds or whatnot. I'm trying to look back. You said they've got 74, 98, uh, 111, 126, then 140, 142, 190, and 229. So they could drop back. You know, in the past, they dropped back. Like, I think the farthest he went back was when Delphit was, and that was like five picks. But like you've mentioned, a lot of people have been talking about with this Browns roster right now, they could go 53 right now. So yeah, I think realistically, they, they could pick up maybe maybe five new guys. Maybe yeah, four six. or five new guys. They're, they're going to take a running back. Okay. Yeah, you know, I feel really confident. It's a deep running back draft, and they so can pick one up. Who's your favorite? Because I've I like the oh, kid I've out got of a East, lot. I got I I mentioned him last week, but I uh, kid out of East Carolina. Um, yeah, you got the kid out of Tulane. You got yes. Uh, um, well, the Kansas kid State kid. Kansas State. Don't Deuce. forget about the Texas running backs. Yeah, not, not the main one. No, Rashawn Johnson, the other one. Yeah, he he's like a, a a mini Nick Chubb, a, a clone of Nick Nick Chubb. Joel he's got was great talking vision, about yeah, shiftiness. He's got all those characteristics, and he's projected to he? be a starting running back. How big is he? He's like about Nick Chubb. Oh, he's like six foot. Oh, okay. So he's decent. yeah, he's he's a good sized kid. He's he's tall. Last name. For, What's the Johnson, kid's last name? Rashawn Johnson. Rashad. Rashad. Rashad no. Johnson. Rashad. Okay, Johnson. But he yeah. wasn't the main guy. He was no. kind of like a backup. Okay. No, his counterpart at Texas will probably go second round. I can't remember his name right off the bat. Okay. Because I've been mostly engulfed in free agency, and now I can start paying attention How to do the you, draft. Let's so let's <laughs> let just we'll come back to the draft momentarily here as far as the free agents. Um, you know, I reading your blogs, it, it seems, I mean, and, and the contentions among most people is that the Browns did a lot of good things in this free agency uh, group. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. It, first of all, knowing that they went after Hargrove, yeah, which is so uncharacteristic of Andrew Barry, yes. he doesn't take those big swings. No, on free agents, but then when it failed to get him, he took the money that he was going to spend on him and got Tomlinson and um, the, the free safety, Juan the, uh, uh, Thorn Juan, Juan Thornhill. Yep, Juan Thornhill for the yep. same amount of money it would have taken to get a hard I kind of like that deal better, to be honest I, with you. Oh, uh, when I started reading about you know, and I, to be, I mean, we're we're Browns fans, I'm not paying attention to the, the Kansas City Chiefs, but. Um, Thornhill just, you know, stood out. I mean, even, you know, before the free agency market, just his, just the way he plays the game. Um, 
but you know, after having such a debacle with John Johnson oh. and, uh, you know, the fact that he came in a couple years ago with such flair, people were like thinking this, and I wrote about it being the big splash and it wasn't, it was the polar opposite. And, um, well, they never played him in the right position. I mean, with Thornhill, you're getting a, you're getting a, a true free safety. Yeah. And that allowed Delpit to play, you know, strong safety up towards the, the line of scrimmage. Cause after last year, nobody wants to see Grant Delpit in coverage. No, I'm sorry. Well, I've <laughs> seen enough of that. I didn't realize it's not going to work. Do you remember a year? Well, I mean, there's so many games you know throughout the year, but I had replayed part of the uh, Carolina game with the Browns oh. a year ago, that opening game. And if yeah. you recall that at the end of the game in that last three or four minutes, it was Delpit that was caught, you know, <laughs> standing like a statue. And the guy yep. goes for that touchdown for, from Baker. They got him right back in the game right before they, I think that they came back and kicked the field goal, took the lead. And then the Browns were able yep. to take the lead back. But that was Delpit yeah. back there. I was like, Oh, I thought that was John Johnson. Nope. It was Delpit. So Delpit though, he'll, well, he's, he'll be in a better spot this year because he can play that position like up in the box and in that yeah. middle area more. Right. I mean, that's yeah, correct. Okay. Very correct. Uh, and as for Tomlinson, he's just a big old boy, man. He's <laughs> he's gonna he's a he's like running into a brick wall. And I want to <laughs> see that. I'd love for them to sign Al Woods and put next to him. Man, that would be a great defensive line. Al Woods played for who last year? Seattle. The Seahawks. Has he played? Yeah. He's played in other teams too, like Atlanta. Maybe? Oh yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think you're right. there's a lot of optimism. And as Browns fans, we all know that this time of the year is kind of like Christmas. We're excited. We're anticipating, or maybe the night before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we get to Christmas and Christmas morning, man, I can remember a couple Christmases um, where I, when I was a teenager, you know, and you're all, you kind of get excited. But then at the same time, you know, you're getting older and so your parents don't really know what to buy you. And so then you end up getting clothes and it's like, Oh, more clothes. So, so for the football, <laughs> we'll see what, what happens with the Browns. I think there's a lot of optimism. Obviously the, the draft is coming up. So there'll be a lot of excitement for that. Our show, the Johnny Cleveland podcast and the other shows in the fanatical elves network, by the way, we are part of a bigger national network, the fans first sports network, which is being uh, spearheaded, spearheaded by a group of guys Throughout the country, but the group from Pittsburgh, uh, Steelers, uh, give them a little bit of credit. Um, <laughs> they they've been really really helpful with getting this uh, network going a little bit. But they've got we've got affiliates now in in all sports from baseball to hockey. Uh, we've got a, a, a new Bengals affiliate uh, down south of here, so it, it's it's getting off the ground. Anyway, you know we're gonna have some more shows. Um, my. Uh, run back my thought here. Um, so there's a lot of excitement, you know, with, with the Browns right even right now, um, as we get into the season or before the season, we'll get to training camp. We'll have Deshaun Watson, you know, everybody, but then the, the, the season uh, schedule will come out. People will start making predictions immediately oh, yeah. saying the Browns are going to go, you know, 14 and two or 13 and three. That'd be great. <laughs> but, uh, 
the reality, you know, like a year ago was just, you know, you get the next, you get that first win, you kind of control the game against Carolina. You, you lose the lead, come back. You're thinking, okay, now this is going to be great. Then you have that disastrous <laughs> game against the jets. And from that point on, it was really just another, you know, it was a struggle for lots of reasons. So, yeah. I mean, been there, how, done that. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have both been here. A lot of the people that are listening to our show, we're, we're optimists, we're, we're excited, we're diehards, but um, it really takes a lot to make a team successful just beyond just the players. Um, or Yeah, that's, know, yeah. you know, Barry looks at, at the draft for, uh, for depth and the guardrails say don't pay for depth. And that's basically rookie contracts. And then everybody goes, you know, your purists go to, well, what about the age guardrails? Yeah. And it's the really the thing to really remember, it's really quite simple. Rounds one through three, uh, the ideal guy is 22 or less. Four through five, uh, the ideal guy is 22 and a half years old or less. And then round six through seven, 23 or less and that's that's your basic he pretty much sticks to that that guardrail let me ask you this steve uh, and a lot the, of other yeah. teams do too <laughs> but let me bring this in the because i've noticed this a lot and you maybe have too when you're doing some of your articles and writing with the pandemic and with what happened over the last three years many more players have taken that going. additional year and when you start right. looking at birthdays and age, a lot of these guys that are coming into the draft now, they are 22, 23, 24 years old. I've seen a couple guys that are in the draft who are going to be 24 or already 24. So knowing those guardrails that you're talking about, I mean, obviously there are players that are younger, but I would gander that if you start looking through the, the list of the guys, even in the top 100, you know, there's there's some guys that are older than that group than than probably have seen in the past. Yeah, but your ideal situation is to draft a player young. They're coming into their prime when their second contract comes up, and then you re-sign them, and then they hit their prime. Yeah. You know, that's why he goes young on his free agents. These are guys like uh, Okoronkwo. Yeah, see, I've been practicing. Yeah, I'm from. Wow, I'm not even. I'm not even going to try that. I just well, I'm from. I'm from Cleveland. I can say (laughs) Eastern European names like Zdruna Siglauskas. I can say this guy's name, but yeah, you catch him on the way up. Uh, I'll get. I'll give you a perfect example of how a GM can fail. Here in Nashville, the Titans GM uh, John Robinson was fired mid-season. He, he had 29 draft picks. He only signed three to the second contract. Okay. That is failure on his part. You want to resign the players you pick because that's just wasted draft capital. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's what Barry's trying to do. He's trying to build a young base, resign the good players as they're hitting their prime before they go hit free agency. You know, that's why they re-signed Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Teller and Batonio. You know, Conklin yeah. was a little bit of a head scratcher because of his injuries, but you know 
I think for the price he got him for, he's still like the 13th, 14th so highest paid right tackle. I'm jumping to my favorite player here again. I posed this question to you before, but with running backs and Chubb's age, is he going to get that next offer, or is he going to get next? Is he going to get in a one-year deal, or is Barry going to just part ways? Considering, well, let's see who he drafts this year. Yeah, I yeah. mean, right now their salary cap situation—they're they're good this year. They'll be good next year. Uh, I think over the cap has the projected uh, salary cap next year at two two hundred fifty-six million, and they're pretty accurate. But in twenty twenty-five. It's, yes, it's gonna get a little messy. So, but that's now the guy he's, <laughs> he, he's got to uh, draft the younger players this year and next year. These are probably his two most important drafts. We've been having this conversation with some of the, my colleagues over at Dog Pound Daily in our um, tw- our chatting via text that about the cap and does the cap really exist because. Even though it there's you know there's limits and there's guardrails like we've talked about and there's there's a thing called the cap, it seems like in many of these cases that that doesn't really exist. The examples that have been given are right currently with the Browns and the supposed two hundred thirty five million dollar guaranteed contract. Teams like the New Orleans Saints in the past, you know, teams that look like they were in the red by hundred million dollars and they're still collecting players i don't know enough about the cap but the idea that there's no cap it seems almost that's be almost a, a reality well i always say uh, it, the salary cap is easy to manipulate hard to maintain and okay. that's how i look at it okay um it's you know the saints are a perfect example they had to give away some good players and let some good players leave yeah yeah you know when you're 90 million dollars over the cap you know and you're trying to collect draft picks and trying right. to replace these players you got to have a good front office who knows talent draftable right. talent and young free agents you can bring in after you clean up your mess but you know here's here's uh, the example you look at the Rams. they got the yes. super bowl yep When's their next first round pick? 20, 20 And I really I really wonder seven? about I mean, I've read some stuff about Matthew Stafford <coughs> that, you know, medically, I don't think the guy should play football ever again. I mean, personally, what I've read about his condition is extremely dangerous. Who? Now, I don't I was uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. <clears throat> I've read that. I mean, yeah, and I don't I mean, is minor I mean the Rams seem like they're in 10 on playing him correct that's still i think so yeah i mean the mm. the whole quarterback thing this year is, is there's there's some real head scratchers out there really and there are i don't i don't understand it i thought i thought the Rams were going to re-sign mayfield personally i thought you know yeah yeah and see if somebody would take matthew stafford off their hands but <laughs> I doubt. Well, there there are teams that would probably do it. (laughs) Let me ask you this real quick before, and we're kind of going through these with um, Buckeyes, Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, I'm I'm down here in Columbus, and uh, the Browns have historically haven't taken a lot of 
players from Ohio State. They had they do have Denzel Ward, and they do have Tommy Togawa Toga Togiai Togiai. And um, Again, so this year, there's Zach, there's Zach Harrison, and um, the wide receiver Ronnie Hickman. Ronnie Hickman. No uh, safety, Ronnie sa- Hickman. Safety. I'm yes. So I, you know, the being a late round pick, I like Ronnie Hickman. I've done some, you know, he kind of had, he didn't have a great, what he was a junior this past year. He kind of no, had he some didn't miss miss missteps. Um, he had had a much better what sophomore season, but there therefore, I mean, the draft they're looking more at a middle to late round pick. Um, do you think the Browns would be interested in pick? I mean, either one of those guys possibly fit possibly. Yeah. Okay. In my first mock, I had him take the kid out of Georgia, Chris Smith, and I've seen a lot of drafts with both okay. Hickman or Smith going to the Browns. Smith so, is from where again? Georgia, Georgia. What's he's the kind kid? of a unique? He's a unique safety. He can play strong safety, free safety, and he can play in the slot, which is kind yeah. of interesting. What about the kid out of Illinois? There's a kid out of Illinois. Oh, I've seen him dress. There, there, uh, yeah, there, there's I've seen two of them. There, there, there's yeah. two kids out of Illinois. Yeah. And the one kid I've been reading about I, for the life of me, I'm sorry, folks. I know we're we're diehard Browns fans, and we like to bring you the the, the most <laughs> relevant news, but. We can't think for the life of what an Illinois player's name is, but we'll, we'll get back to you before the draft. Um, but that, <laughs> we'll those kids, again. yes. Um, there's also a kid out of Arkansas, kind of a hybrid linebacker edge that yeah. is still learning almost the game, but has a real big upside. Yeah. Yeah. It's This is the tough part about this year's Browns draft because they're drafting so late and so many players will be available. And, you know, as, as we get closer to the draft, we can Mm -hmm. hone in on, on certain players, you know, multiple players at certain positions. Um, But, you know, and also we're going through the pro pro days right now, bad pro day can make a good player drop. So so Steve, I've been posed this question. I'm actually kind of, I've got a, an article work I'm working on with the dog on daily, but I've been, I'd like your take on this because you're so, so insightful <laughs> with the, the, the pick 74 that they have yeah. right now, what would be a potential scenario or, or two that if they did at 70, if they took 74 what would be some bad moves like what would be something that you would be alarmed by if they did at 74 let's say or did something with that pick 74 what would be some alarming or disastrous um situations like taking you would you be surprised a running back first that's what i that was Uh, one of my first a, a tackle okay like an offensive tackle yeah a tight end I mean, <laughs> those, unless they are somebody that was like projected top 30 that fell for some reason. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you could see maybe doing something like the Titans did with Jeffrey Simmons. He was hurt. 
and they took him in the second, you know, they took him long before a lot of other people because he was recovering and he didn't play the first right. eight years, eight games of the season. Uh, they have the depth right now. If there is a first round talent out there, they got injured right. and they could put on the shelf for a year. That wouldn't yes. bother me. It would probably bother a lot of fans. Well, that came up but, in our conversation last night in the show. We talked about a couple bad draft picks. One, um, again, it was an unusual last name. I believe he came from uh, UCLA, or the Browns drafted him in a late round, like a sixth or seventh round pick. Elliot was talking about this, and that he had had a serious uh, leg injury where his leg was completely broken, and he never played football again, but the Browns drafted him. And, yeah, and and that was back in like 2015, maybe, when Ray we were we were really dissing on Ray Farmer, um, <laughs> in last night's episode, and all Ray and LaFarmer. all the lame like 2014 the, you know, talk about disastrous moves like Joel our left guard he was mentioning, the, uh, Justin Gilbert, pick oh. that the Browns didn't do any homework on, and they didn't even talk to him. No, and then he slid <laughs> and they just took him, and. Then they took, you know, in that same draft, Johnny Menzel. Everybody talked about Johnny Menzel, but Justin Gilbert was a first round, what, the number nine pick, number 10 pick or something. In the, in yeah. The, yeah. And he was awful. So I know. Yeah. I, I can't see this front office doing that. I no. really can't. Um, you know, yeah. the only thing, the, the, the one position that would really bother me would probably be tackle. I mean, Tackle or guard with seventy four. Yeah, you can, you can get you you've you've got players on the roster, and you can get somebody you can develop, and that would be that would really I yeah I'd get upset over that. Okay, it was kind of like I was don't tell the guys Joel that, that I know. No, it was funny. We were talking guys about guys in the picks. trenches. Did you know Barvavius Bar, Barvavius Mingo? Like that whole thing when that Barvavius Mingo. Yes. That did you know he was named? I thought this was funny. I mean, I shouldn't not funny, I but I'm laughing about it. Um, all of their kids, he was named after his mother. His mom's name was Barbara. So apparently, all the kids, all the boys' names have something with bar in it. So we were talking about that at length. But do you remember that pick? That. I remember that pick. It was in 2012, 13 or something. And I remember I was over, like I mentioned this last night in the uh, Wichita, you know, the Browns backers and we were all watching. And when they took that pick, half the guys left the, left the bar. They were just pissed. Like what the hell, uh, with, with that pick. But yeah, anyway. yeah, there have been those moments, <laughs> many, there've been many been of those moments, moments. <laughs> but you know, you, 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 you talk about everybody gets excited about all these visits. You know, they recently had, uh, three quarterbacks in for visits and everybody's convinced they're going to burn a six or seven round draft pick on a quarterback. Uh, Andrew Barry likes to bring these kids in to visit. Uh, if he thinks they're going to go undrafted and show them around and show them they're interested. Yeah. And then when the, the draft is getting in its waning moments and they'll call them up and say, Hey, you know, if you go undrafted, uh, we had a really good visit with you. Well, A.J. Green's a perfect example. He went undrafted. 
he was probably the first undrafted rookie free agent that year that signed with the Browns and he signed for a good amount of money. Okay. Uh, I think the highest that year. Uh, Barry likes to wine and dine these kids who he thinks are going to go undrafted. And, you know, you, if you can bring in, they're going to bring another arm into, into the training camp. You got to have four quarterbacks. Yes. Um, Josh Rosen was last year's. Right. Experimental. It, it, there's quarterback. no, there's no competition. Like I wrote an article a week ago for dog pond daily about Dobbs and um, Kellen Mond. And is there really a competition there? I suggested well, there's probably not much, but because yeah, of Dobbs yeah, guaranteed 2 million. Contracts, yeah. You look at the yeah. contracts. If they've got guaranteed money, the front office expects them to make the. Yeah. Make I saw that roster. you mentioned that in the blog. Like, you know, you, you compared that to like, Maurice Hurst, who he has no guaranteed, but Tariq, uh, the other guy they signed, Hill, yeah. he's got a guarantee. It's not a okay. lot, but it, it's a little. I think it's like three hundred thousand dollars. But okay. they are with guarantees. If you cut them, that comes dead money. Now, dead money's not as bad as everybody thinks it is. It's like interest on a credit card. But if you accumulate too much of it, then it becomes a bad thing. Yeah. So when you add the guarantees to a free agent contract, you're pretty much figuring that that guy, barring injured reserve, is going to make the roster. That's why yeah. I keep saying they can roll out to 53 right now and not have to add any rookies, but they have to yeah. for future rosters. It is that. nice, though. I mean, just overall, I mean, I think, Steve, you would agree that, I mean, you and I have been covering this team for a long time, like many of our fans that are listening tonight on the uh, fanatical elves network and our Johnny Cleveland podcast. I think the, um, they're building something. I mean, the, the trust in what Andrew Barry's doing, the trust in what even Kevin Stefanski his coaching. I know he's been criticized and I've, I've been a critical of him at, at time or two. Um, but they are building something that's a little bit more, it's strength. It's stronger. Uh, after coming out of the doldrums in 2016, 2017, <laughs> You know, you really are starting to um, be getting a, a better sense. Like, you know, you're returning to that sort of time frame that you and I remember when in the, you know, middle to late 80s and early 90s, or the Browns really were a, a really solid, you know, contending team, competitive yeah. every year, making the playoffs. I think the playoffs are definitely should be automatic this year unless they can't have these finishes like they've had they've got it they get a lead in a game they've got to be able to hold the lead um hopefully we'll we'll see that more but you definitely get the sense well, that you're you're they're doing better with these draft picks um but like elliot was pointing out last night in the you know we there aren't many even if i mean all any of you can look at this if you go back and look at all the the different round pick for the Browns at, at any point in the franchise history, you're not finding too many guys in the late rounds, the sixth, seventh round that are successful at all. It's very rare. So like a, like a, a Tom Brady. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. Anymore. No, it doesn't happen hardly at all. I mean, that's why I made a joke about Demetri Felton. Everyone kind of got excited <laughs> a couple of uh, uh, spring trainings ago or training camps you know, he has a little bit of flair, but, and he's a nice kid. And I think he's, you know, super smart UCLA kid, great team player, I'm sure, but they're running out of room for some of these guys. Uh, yeah. And 
you know, you you look back at how many players they keep at each position, and over the last couple of years they've been able to make him running back, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And they had when they lacked at wide receiver, they threw him in with the receivers. When they lacked at running back, they threw him in with the running back. Well, they're not going to be able to do that this year because right now their wide receiver room they usually keep six. Right. You know, it's pretty much set. They could well with the the, the Michael Woods injury, they could it add definitely. a rookie. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, and you got your running backs. You've got Ford and Chubb. You could definitely add a rookie running back to that room and they've early the first couple of years they had a fullback so they could yeah. do a fullback tight end type thing but this year uh players at each position i think their roles are going to be more defined and unfortunately for mr felton you know he might be outside looking in yeah um so where do you think? Um, I agree. I, I yeah. kind of like the kid when they drafted him, where they drafted him. I thought, okay, that's good value. That's really good value. Mm-hmm. And his for his rookie year, he, you know, he did some things. Sure, yeah, he did some things. But you got to do some things all the time, especially that late. And when you got to you... be uh, if you're that you know that kind of rookie, you got to at least play special teams. And he was pretty much a disaster. You look at Jerome Ford last year. He took over the kicking duties. Boom. I mean, you know, yeah, I it was that you're but, right. I mean, the, the way that I mean, he, watching games where you were at, or if I was at the stadium, um, sitting up there watching, I mean, it was it was uh butterfingers, and you were a nervous wreck when those punts were going back early in the season, like you know, you were just nervous. So it was good when they put Donovan People Jones back in there, at least you felt like secure that he'd he'd do some things, he you know. Anyway, let me ask you one last question about, you know, the running back a room and Kareem Hunt, uh, free agent. And he probably know, I mean, I speculated a couple weeks ago in one of my articles for Dog Pound Daily. Um, and like you write for Cleveland Sports Talk sometimes. Any chance that he comes back? I, I don't no. think he would, but. Um, That's why they drafted Jerome Ford. Right. So let me ask you this. Where do you, any thought on where he might land? Is it going to be a late? Thing, right like during training camp where he's waiting around until it, he gets hurt if it doesn't happen before the draft he's going to have to wait till somebody gets hurt in training camp or OTAs or something like that um you know the perfect fit and I hate to say this would be uh-huh. Buffalo Buffalo okay yeah or the Rams yeah uh, I'd rather Buffalo get him to go wet yeah Buffalo well Buffalo Brown... would be a perfect fit for him yeah yeah you know, he could be that third down back that Josh Allen can rely on. Right. And well, he, he's great in the passing game. He is. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, this probably won't happen, but again, there's some these other guys that are still out there in free agency. One of the kids that I really like is the Jarek. Um, oh, the kid played for the Chiefs, uh, McKinnon. McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, who had 50-some catches last year for the chiefs he's a running back but he's almost i mean he's what hunt used to be i think he'd be a great replacement he he hasn't signed with anybody yet i know many of the folks at dog pond daily we've like him a lot um 
Oh, any I like chance, him too. But any chance that the Browns would still? I mean, would that be a guy that they could still bring in? I mean, you're not going to be paying, but probably maybe a couple couple million, maybe uh, to sign him at this point. Yeah, but you could get a running back in on the third day that yeah his his uh, salary doesn't count against the fifty three because only I just, the first fifty one yeah, counts. I just think like you know that the fact that they're getting rid of Kareem, they got rid of the Ernest Johnson. Now you got Jerome Ford there. I mean, and if you draft somebody, I understand that, but it's like then where's the you got Chubb, the veteran. I just I like the idea of another veteran in there, but what? You don't well, just, believe in John Kelly? <laughs> well, he's great in the preseason. <laughs> Come on now. No, he, I mean, everybody looks good in the preseason, right? Yeah, was, Josh not, to change, not to change the <laughs> subject, but that was, I would, this is a completely different uh, ball game here, but we're talking basketball. I just saw the uh, documentary on, on Amazon Prime about J.R. Smith. Uh, former Cavalier oh, I want to see that player. It was, it was, it was just there. Uh, if anybody's listening to this right now, and if you, I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime, and um, basically, it just goes back and shows like what he's been doing now, and he's been on the golf team there at uh, North Carolina A and T, and um, but it really focused like the first episode was kind of about his basketball career, and the reason I bring this up is because you were talking about preseason and. He came out of high school and went right into the uh, the pros, and he was lighting it up in the preseason and whatnot that first year. Um, trying to think, he played down in New Orleans. It was the New Orleans Pelicans, I believe that was anyway. Um, but then he didn't play. Then his entire rookie, well, the first half of his rookie year, like the first thirty some huh. games, it, it was a struggle for him to. You know, and then he went to New York and played for the Knicks and got some more popularity. And but yeah, it's a really good documentary. So I would recommend um, watching that. Any of you guys who like sports beyond the, the Cleveland Browns, uh, Jr. Jr. was one of my my son's favorite players too when they won that championship back in 2016. You know, taking off the shirt and prancing around <laughs> and uh, some great moments there in Cleveland Brown or Cleveland history for for uh, winning that championship. So. We, we diverted a little bit from the Browns. we got to get back. But any final thoughts, uh, Steve, before we let you go? It's just been great to have you on the show this afternoon, this, this evening. Um, just remember, uh, if you're a, a draft fanatic, uh, you, people call them draft nicks. I, I call myself a draftaholic. Hi, my name's Steve. I'm a draftaholic. Um, just, uh, I, I love using the the new technology, well, it's not new. It's been around for a couple of years. The, the, every website has a, uh, you know, a draft simulator. Yes. Uh, go out, have fun with them. Uh, draft network has a good one. Uh, it's just, it, 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 you can see the players coming on the board. They give you the, uh, team deeds. Uh, you can do the whole draft yourself, pick every player. I just like to, pick the Browns and watch what players go ahead and fall behind them and see if there's anybody there that I would think that maybe the Browns might jump on. But yeah, just, you know, I love it. I, lo I love playing with these draft simulators. If it wasn't for taxes, I'd be messing around with them every day. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for being on. And 
you know, the Browns have a lot of options. I think that's we've, we've a lot identif- of options. identified that. And so as Hardy Browns fans, despite even having a pick, not until what day th- three, right? We won't even be picking in day. Well, no, day two. No, we, day two. Day two. Day two. They got two third round to, picks. But mo- many of us will be uh, watching with bated breath. We're going to be bringing some extra shows uh, as we get closer to that draft. And maybe Steve will even have come on and he can give his analysis. Uh, maybe after those those initial picks, I think that would be fantastic. So that would be um, great. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Johnny Cleveland podcast here on the Fanatical Elves Network and uh, part of the Fans First Sports Network. I hope everybody out there enjoyed this uh, evening's uh, show and all the insight, especially by Steve. Thank you so much. Um, you can catch uh, Steve. Thank you, John, and yeah. everybody out there. Follow the Fanatical Elves Network. Um, you won't regret it. Always tune in. Thank you so much. And I like to finish my Johnny Cleveland show by saying, remember everybody too. That's right. Keep smiling. Here's our exit music. Enjoy. <laughs>